chapter 4, beginning at verse 7, and can be found on page 1,227. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who has love has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Now a reading from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 3, beginning at verse 13 on page 1004, Mark 3, verse 13. Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed twelve that they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Delia. Good morning, everybody. And uh, let me have my own welcome to that which uh, Neil has already given. Uh, my name is Adam. I'm the vicar here at St. Jude's. It's great to welcome you. Great to welcome you if you're joining us uh, online as well. Um, I'm going to keep doing this until people stop looking worried at me every time I do. So uh, if you could just take a moment to turn to the person next to you and tell them what should be on this slide. Now, if you're new or visiting us, this is our vision card. Uh, and on it, it's got our strap line of our vision in the middle and uh, three uh, parts of our mission. Uh, and I know that everyone in the room that's been part of this church for any length of time knows this already. Uh, and if you're new, they're going to turn to you right now and they're going to tell you uh, what those things are. So just 30 seconds uh, as you do that. I'm half tempted to ask somebody that's new to tell me what somebody that's been here for a while has told them that it is, but that would be, that would be mean, wouldn't it? Who knows what the, the main strapline is? The thing that's normally, I think, written on the, on the sky. What's the main part of our vision? What's our main vision? Anybody? 
Go on, get Mark. Making Jesus the heart of South Sea. Well done, Mark. Now, there are three aspects to our vision, our mission, the way in which we're going to do that. Uh, what are those? Can I, uh, go on and see if we can name them. Making Jesus the heart of South Sea is the strap line of the vision, that's right. But in the three boxes, um, we've got three different parts to our vision, three uh, separate parts of our mission, the ways in which we're going to make Jesus the heart of South Sea. Sharing God's love. Yes, that's what I heard, definitely. Yes. Two more. Growing faith. Yes, got growing faith. Yep. Offering hope, was that, was that what I heard? <laughs> offering hope, it was, it was very, very, very similar to offering hope, wasn't it? There we go, growing faith, offering hope. Give yourselves a round of applause for remembering those things. Well done. We are spending this year, for those of you who are new or visiting with us uh, this morning, we've been spending this year thinking about this vision, thinking about it, what it means. And we spent the first term in the spring thinking about growing faith and how we grow our faith. We spent the summer term thinking about offering hope. And this term we are thinking about sharing God's love. Now, I recognize that the writing is quite small under there, but we've got a little explanation for each of them. And under sharing God's love, it says this, we are seeking to rebuild and transform lives, community, and culture by sharing the radical love of God. We're seeking to transform lives, community, and culture by sharing the radical love of God. And today we're thinking a little bit about what it means to be loved, as Neil said right at the start. Let's put the gospel reading back on the screen. And you don't need to talk to the person next to you here, uh, but I wonder, as you look at that, those verses, three verses from Mark's gospel, what do you think the most important part of that gospel reading is, if there is a most important part? Just for a moment, read it over again. In fact, let me read it again. Jesus went up on the mountainside and called to him those whom he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. Now, if you're anything like me, you might get a bit excited by the idea of authority, the idea of, you know, driving out demons, healing the sick, raising the dead, doing all of those things that Jesus did. That's quite exciting, maybe quite important. You might be really excited by the fact that God, Jesus sends them out to preach, to deliver a message, to share a message to those. But note what's first there. Jesus called to him. They came to him. He appointed 12 that they might be with him. Yes, we're called into the world, and we'll think about that in a moment or two. And yes, we're called to serve God, and yes, we're called to see God's kingdom move. But our first call is always to be with him. I was tempted to use the story of um, Peter being reinstated in John chapter 21, sometimes called uh, Breakfast with Jesus. Do you remember that time when Jesus asks Peter the same question uh, three times? He says, uh, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And you've probably heard clergy or other preachers speak about this passage in the past and you've probably heard them spend quite a long time talking about the different words for love that we see in the New Testament we'll come back to that in a minute because it's important we spend a lot of time on this word love and it's really important and we'll think about that as I say but note that Jesus says do you love me it's really 
easy for us to skip over that important word, me, that Jesus says to Simon Peter. He doesn't say, do you love the church more than these? Because Peter is the rock on which the church is built. Do you love the church more than these? Or do you love miracles? You know, the beginning of Acts, uh, Peter sees amazing miracles happening. Do you love miracles uh, more than these? Or, or even, he doesn't say, do you love the kingdom of God more than these? No, he says, do you love me more than these? The first call of the disciples, the first call of Jesus is for us to be with him, to know his love. The writer of uh, 1 John puts it like this. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. We are called to be with him and to know his love for us. But we do struggle with this word love, don't we? We all struggle with this word love because it means so many things. I, for example, love ice cream. Uh, and I'm sure other people do here too. I've been in South Sea about two years. I've discovered that the South Sea stone is not some ethereal rock on the common that we worship once a year. No, the South Sea stone is the stone of weight you put on uh, because of the many ice cream uh, places that there are here. I love ice cream. I have a dog. I love uh, my dog. I love, I've got three children. I love my children more than I love uh, my dog. Uh, I, I love my wife. We have different ways of using this same word, love, don't we, in different contexts. And the Greeks had the same issue as well. They had, we think, probably seven or maybe eight different words that they used for love. They used four of them uh, within the New Testament. And the one that's used here is this agape love. We see it in our reading a number of times. I've underlined it for you. In fact, the very beginning, where we've had friends, it's actually beloved. It's that agape word again. Dear beloved, let us love. It's all agape love. And I'm sure you've heard talks about this agape love uh, in the past, uh, but it's a word that's rarely used outside of the New Testament. It is an undefeatable love. It always seeks the highest possible goodwill uh, for the other person. It describes the unconditional love that God has for you and God has for me. But I wonder whether we feel loved like that at the moment. I wonder if one or two of us think that if God loves us like that, maybe he's getting a bit of a raw deal in the process. I want to tell you two very brief stories, uh, one about one of my children, Ellie, uh, uh, is the middle child, and uh, one about Sammy, uh, the dog. When we got uh, Sammy, he was a puppy, and uh, uh, we were changing some light fittings in our, uh, in our lounge, uh, and we had one of these uh, old uh, light fittings. They sell them in Ikea, I think. Other supermarkets are available. Uh, and I took it down, put it on the sofa, went off to make a cup of tea, uh, and, uh, and heard a yelp coming from the lounge. Oh, that was a bit weird. And I went into the lounge and discovered Sammy uh, looking like this. Now, I don't know whether you can see there, but the light fitting is surrounding him and he's wrapped up in it, completely caught out in it. Uh, some years later, where Jess and I were on a holiday about, uh, about 12 months ago uh, with some friends. And on the last day, uh, there was, it was an all-you-can-eat buffet and that we get, let the children have chocolate-covered pancakes on the last day as a bit of a treat. And I turned around to talk to a friend of mine uh, about something or another. And I turned back, uh, and this was Ellie's face uh, in reply. 
Now, why do I tell you those stories? Well, both Ellie and Sammy are beings that I, in one way or another, love. I have love for both Ellie and for Sammy. Very different ways, but I love them. Both of them have got themselves into a bit of a mess. Both of them need my help. But I didn't turn to either of them and say, you know what, when you're sorted out of it, then I'll love you some more. I'll work it all out. Once you've cleaned yourself up, once you've got yourself untangled, I'll love you more. No, because that would be conditional love, and I wouldn't be mirroring this agape love that we read about in Scripture. Because before we can love others, before we can love our community, we need to know, not just in our heads, but in our hearts, that we are loved. And that will only come when we accept Jesus' first call to be with him. And for some of us today, maybe that's all uh, we need to hear, and this is the place where I need to stop. And if that is you, you've got complete permission to switch off and to spend a bit of time praying and processing with the Lord. And it doesn't need to be complicated or difficult. Uh, as is usually the case when I preach, the Lord usually teaches me something uh, before he gives me what it is he wants me to share for you. And my job here is often a joy, uh, but on, on and off for the last couple of weeks, it's been a little bit harder in places. And a few days ago, I began to reflect on this passage, and I was in a pretty low place, and I knew that I too needed to be with him, to remember that first call of Jesus to be with him. But I was tempted to atomize the situation. What do I mean by that? I mean, probably, I mean, strategize. But I am, I'm a key strategist. Give me a problem, I'll find you 10 ways, 10 steps to get you uh, through to the problem. And so I began thinking, okay, I'll give myself a, a couple of hours uh, to think through these things and then why I'm doing them, why I'm feeling like that. And then I'll, you know, spend some time in repentance and, and, and bring it to the Lord and then maybe spend some time in receiving his forgiveness and I'll worship him Fortunately, the Lord interrupted me in my planning of the hours that I wanted to spend on that and just said, Adam, you just need to come to me. You just need to come to me. He says to be with him. The first call of the disciples, the first call of Jesus on us is to be with him. But our one John reading asks us more than that as well. It asks us to love one another. Let me remind you again of the reading, uh, the, of the wording of that first part, uh, that third part of our vision. We're seeking to rebuild and transform lives, community, and culture by sharing the radical love of God. I think I've shared this here before, but one of the things I love doing as a vicar is taking weddings. It's one of the biggest joys that I have uh, as a vicar. It's fantastic to do. And the, the best part for me of the whole wedding service is actually just before the service uh, when I wait outside for the bride to arrive. And the bride usually arrives probably a bit nervous, sometimes a bit nervous, very excited often. And what's fascinating is to see the traffic that she always causes uh, when she arrives because people will stop on the street and watch. People will stop their cars and crane their necks in order to see the bride. It is the feature of a wedding day that brides turn heads. I wonder, friends, does Christ's bride turn heads in the same way? Because you see, we're meant to be. We're meant to be so filled with the love of God, that that love radiates out of us into his world. It's a command, as Neil talked about a couple of weeks ago. It's not always convenient. It's not always 
easy. The other thing that often happens at weddings is that somebody says, "Um, when are we saying I do? Because you see, throughout the service, when we watch them on the television, we watch films on, uh, and we watch TV programs, the couple always say, I do, don't they, in the vows, I do, I do. And yet, the liturgy that we have here is not I do, it's I will. Because you see, when you've got a bride and groom before you, and you say to one of them, do you love this person? It's very easy in that moment to say, yes, I do. It's a lot harder to say, I will. Because we're saying, will you love this person when they're grumpy? Will you love this person when they do things that are wrong? Will you do this, love this person when actually it's really hard to love them? Those aren't the, lyric, uh, those aren't the, um, the vows in the liturgy. Maybe we should uh, change them. But that's the point behind why we're saying, I will, rather than I do. It is a commitment that we make to one another. But it can only come out of who we are and the love that we have from God. Uh, now, I, as I say, I quite like ice cream. I also really love uh, chocolate. I don't know if anyone else here likes chocolate. Does anyone else like chocolate? I've got some chocolate. There's chocolate. Lou likes chocolate. Way! Oh, there you go. Try again. It's, oh, very well done, Ruth. Anyone this side like chocolate? Sorry if I hit you with chocolate. Sorry. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. Anyone else got two more? There we go. Oh, there we go. One more. Go over this way. There you are, Sam. Oh, sorry. It's fine. Now, imagine for a moment that that chocolate was all the chocolate that there was left in the world, and I've just given it all away. I no longer have any chocolate to give. Now, imagine for a moment that that chocolate represents the love that I have from God, that I've just given away the small amount of love that I think that I have to those, and I've got no more left to give. But that's not actually true, because you see, I've got a lot of chocolate. Because <laughs> I love chocolate. Who else likes chocolate? There we go. <laughs> like chocolate? There we go. Sorry if it hits you. <laughs> Slightly sorry, not sorry. There you go. <laughs> There's more chocolate. There's even more chocolate. See, I've even got even more chocolate. You can get chocolate later when we're having coffee and tea, or even a bit later. There is always more chocolate. There is always more of God's love. Because you see, the love that God has for me isn't limited. It isn't conditional. It is this agape, never-ending, never-running-out love. Even those boxes of chocolates will run out at some point, so the illustration falls down. But God's love for us never would. And we are called to know that love and to share that love. And out of knowing that love, we can share that love. But if we don't know that love, we can't share that love. Verse 12 says this. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. I've got the word but in there, which is in the Greek. And the Greek, as in, in the English, this word but contrasts the first part of the sentence with the second part of the sentence. Uh, the writer of this, of this letter could have said, God is invisible, but by loving each other, we can make him visible. We can make others turn their heads and see this bride of Christ. Now, 
just a quick word for those of you who are sat there thinking that's all very well and good uh, for you, Adam, but actually I don't feel that loved at the moment. I don't think that God loves me very much at all, and I certainly don't feel that love. He's never done anything for me, so why should I feel that love? Well, if God never again does anything more than die on that cross for you, to bury your, the shame and the pain and the guilt of your sin, to reconcile you to him, to bring you back into relationship with him and through his blood make you forever clean, cancelling hell and guaranteeing heaven for you. And that's some pretty great love that he has shown for each of you. You see, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That's a pretty awesome act of love that God did for you that God did for me. It's not conditional. It's not small. It is that agape love. And he longs for us to know it, for it to radiate out of us, to show that love to his world so that his love will transform lives, will transform communities, and will transform culture. I wonder if you would stand with me, please. In a moment or two, I'm going to pray for us. Uh, and uh, ask that the Lord would meet us as we stand, um, and then we'll sing. As we begin to sing, if you've got children in the room who are in the North Room, that's Ignite, uh, it used to be called Embers, uh, it's now called Ignite. Please, as we begin to sing, would you go and collect your children rather than wait till the end of the song? So wait until the start of the song to go and collect them, but please go and collect them uh, as we start to sing. But let's just bring these things before the Lord in prayer before we do, before we do that. Jesus went up onto the mountainside and called to him those whom he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed twelve that they might be with him. Lord Jesus, we praise you for this first calling on our lives to be with you. Lord, for those times when we rush ahead with the things that you have for us to do, the good and great things that you have for us to do, but that we forget that first calling. We ask, Lord, that you would meet us afresh in that time. That we would know your forgiveness. But that we would know your presence. For the times when we love these things more than you. Lord, forgive us. Lord, would you renew in us a new understanding of your love for us? A love that isn't conditional or limited. A love that doesn't require us, firstly, to clean ourselves up or to untangle ourselves from the stuff that we get caught up in. Lord, we praise you that you call us out into this world to show and to share your love. But firstly, would we know that love afresh today?
just a word to those who do feel like I said a moment ago that God's love feels very distant and very apart. A reminder that I said it doesn't need to be complicated. You don't need to strategize. He just says, come to me. At our seven o'clock service last week, we thought about the words, it is finished. Lord Jesus, we praise you that on that cross you declared, it is finished. We praise you that those words are over all of the things that have gone before us, all the things we've done wrong, all the things we haven't done. You declare, it is finished. Lord, would we know Would we know the truth of that this morning? And Lord, as we come before you in worship, as we continue to meet with you, would you remind us of that love that you have for us, that undefeated love love, that highest possible love, that agape love.